One Where I Met Your Mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. And uh, how are we? How are we doing? Well, I was doing great until you ruined Hanukkah. It is. Yeah, we're recording this on the last night of Hanukkah. I had a beautiful I menorah set up. Knocked over the menorah you trying to close a window. Knocked all the candles out. Luckily, it, they weren't aflame at the time. That would have been really bad. Yeah. We would have, this episode would have been delayed. I yeah, think. it was still a disaster. No, it's fine. I fixed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw back. I'm looking at the menorah right now. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. It's like, I think it's that time of year in Los Angeles where it's actually cold now. Like, yeah. I mean, like Los Angeles cold, but like we always get that thing where in November there'll be a few days where it's like 80s, but I'm saying first it'll like start like oh, right, a few right. days of like fifties and sixties and then getting down to the forties at night, you know, Los Angeles cold. Yeah. And then, yeah, it'll rocket back up and be like in the eighties and nineties. But the past couple of days have been like, yeah, chilly. Like there's <laughs> finally a fall snap in the air. Oh yeah. There's a real cold snap this morning when I went on a walk, it was 49 degrees. And it was also super foggy. It was very foggy. Did yeah. you walk by, the 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 park North Hollywood Park. I did, yeah. Did you walk past the baseball fields? No, because they were trying to play. Like they have I like organized league games early? and like they start. Yes, early? they start early, wow. and also like the lights were on. It wasn't helping because it's fog, not dark. Right. And I was like walking, and I was like, oh weird, the lights are on. I don't see anyone playing. And it wasn't until I got closer to the field, I was like, oh yeah, they're trying to play baseball right now. I don't know that's how they're. Funny. I don't know how that's. How are they going to do that? They can't see a goddamn thing. Yeah, no, it was a cloud. I I wore a hat. You wore some gloves. Yeah, I wore some gloves. Maybe it's a little extreme, but well, I mean, it is it is very cool. I feel like I said this before. Like when once you acclimate to Los Angeles, the yeah, mid fifties is like cold. Yeah, but it also it like I reacclimate when I go to another place. Right. Yeah. So much better than I can. Like when we visit your hometown. Of St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, and it's I, like seventeen degrees or whatever. Yeah, I can't. You I can't, can't hang. hang. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, I, I'm fine because it's supposed to be. But in Los Angeles, I'm like, right. it's not supposed to be this cold. Yeah, it's supposed to be like seventy five and breezy all the time. Yes. <laughs> but uh, well, that's that's what we uh, are doing with our lives. One of these days, I remember to take our dog's collar off before we hit record. <laughs> yeah. She seems to be. She wants attention. Yeah. Here, I'm gonna do it right here, Darla. Come here. Come here. Never mind. No. Uh, <laughs> She's just looking at us. Yeah. Um, let's talk about seasons two, episodes three of Friends and How I Met Your Mother. One is called the, ones where, the One Where Heckles Dies, and the other one is called Brunch. Yeah. No, did you forget who Heckles was? Yeah, I 100% forgot who but Heckles was. But when you saw was. him, you're like, uh... No, not until they called him Heckles. I didn't remember him having a name, but he did. Yeah. He was named Mr. Heckles. I think they maybe they called him, like, Old Man Heckles or Mr. Heckles. Oh, yeah, let's... I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to get to the bottom. I'm going to find out what he was credited as, because that's easy to look up. His name is Larry... What's his name? Larry Hankin is the actor. Larry Hankin. He's, he's Joe on Breaking Bad. He's yeah, done a lot he's of stuff. tons of stuff. Um... But yeah, let me look up what he was. Because IMDb will tell me how he was credited if it was. Might have just been Mr. Mr. Heckle. Uh, if it was ever anything other than. Okay. Oh, but I have to go. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is fantastic podcasting. Yeah. Me looking things up. Well, I should know how to vamp, which I, I just don't. I just can't. You can't do it? I'm not even going to try. <laughs> You know what? Maybe I'll just start reading the Trader Joe's Fearless Flyer, which is right in front of me. This is okay. the Holiday Guide 2021. Um, you got your jingle jangle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got your hot cocoa ornaments. You got your big red cookie tin. You got your sparkling <laughs> pomegranate punch. Which of those would you would you pick? Oh, uh, well, I think hot cocoa ornaments sound fun. Okay, so... Larry Hankin was first introduced in season one, episode seven, the one with the blackout, which is the one where they lose the cats, when yes. we meet Paolo, and yes. there he's credited as just the weird man. But his next appearance, season one, episode 16, the one with two parts, part one, he is credited as Mr. Heckles. So okay. he definitely was credited as Mr. Heckles before this. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about Heckles. Yeah, I just didn't... 
Did, I didn't remember that it was his name. I didn't remember. I think I just think of him as Larry Hankin. Yeah. Uh, character actor extraordinaire. Uh, but uh, to, the, to the recap proper, we get a non-perk, non-central non-perk, perk opening. Yep. Um, there's not very much perk in this episode at all. I'm trying there's, to think the, the, no tag, the tag at the end. When Chandler's on a date with the, the oh, coworker with the large the head, head, that's okay. at the park. Big head, head, Allison. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's the only. That's the only one yep. seen at the at Central Park. Yep. So we get a uh, non-park opener. Chandler's talking about how he broke up with Joan. Apparently, mm-hmm. someone he was dating. That, mm-hmm. Which my first thought was like, oh, that feels very Seinfeld. Me like too. I thought breaking the same up with thing. someone we never yes. see. Yes. And then it turns out he broke up with her for like having big nostrils, and I'm like, oh, that's extremely Seinfeld. Yes. You yes. know, like man hands or yeah. uh, or or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think what the other uh, close talker. Close talker. There's the naked woman, right? Which with is the, like because yeah. there's good naked or bad naked. Right. She's Opening like, a jar of pickles. Yeah, like trying to fix a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then of course then you get they get in on the gay panic real early with this oh, episode with, transphobia with, right away yeah with yeah yeah transphobia exactly Joey saying like oh I broke up with a girl like for having too big an Adam's apple and then they all looked at each other like uh, who's gonna tell him <laughs> yeah whatever. yeah that was uh, had no interest in that yeah uh, but yeah then they're so they're sitting around they're drinking ales mm-hmm. with twist off caps. Yeah. Did you, so I know I was like, okay, they're drinking beer out of a bottle, but this is clearly 1995, like pre, uh, or is this 90, 90 no, this is 1995. Yeah. October 95 pre like uh, craft beer revival. Yes. You know, yes. In 10 years, you would need a bottle opener to open. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a, a, bo- a bottle of beer in, in most cases. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, arguing with Mr. Heckles because he says they're being too loud and they're stomping and then he stops stomping and they think they've won but it turns out they, I guess, gave him a heart attack from stomping Yeah, we don't much. know how exactly Mr. Heckles died but he yeah. had a broom in his hand. Yeah. Yes, that, which leads to one of my funniest moments. We'll get to that later. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what it is. Uh, but then, so then we're, we're talking about Chandler's pickiness and Phoebe, whom I mostly hate this episode but says the right thing she says, I miss Janice, which I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah. I've always missed Janice. Yeah. Janice is like, uh, uh, what's his name on, uh, on the Simpsons when so-and-so, when Poochie isn't around characters should be saying, where's Poochie? Yeah. That's yeah. Janice is my Poochie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Janice is great. And, um, they all do their impressions of Janice. Right. And Joey's impression is of Janice, like having sex with Janice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then the, uh, I guess he's the paramedic who comes to, uh, collect the body mm-hmm. is Mike Haggerty, uh, an actor who's been in a million things. Uh, but I know what you know him best from overboard overboard. He's yeah. Kurt Russell's best friend in overboard, yeah. but he's been in a million. Yeah. He's great. Jillian things. Um, uh, in, including, uh, so we're, you are rewatching happy endings and I'm watching happy endings for the first time. Yes. And in season one, there's a, there's like a running joke where like Damon Wayans and, uh, Adam, what's his name? Uh, their characters, Damon Wayans Jr. Mm-hmm. And Adam Levine. No, no. <laughs> Wait, his character's name? The character's Max, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say Brad and Max. I can't think of the guy's okay. name. Uh, are having an ongoing discussion about like, racism or homophobia like because obviously brad's black and and max is gay and at the end alex's um store gets broken into and the cop immediately is like they say it could be someone close to you how well do you know this guy about brad and he's like i told you that racism is worse whatever anyway that's mike haggerty yeah um, okay was the cop in that episode uh that just that particular example just comes to mind because we watched it very recently uh but yeah i like mike haggerty uh, so then Phoebe is uh, like, this is where we get start to get into Phoebe annoys me for the, the rest of the episode. Mm, yeah. She's talking to the dead, which fine. I guess that's a Phoebe thing. She's like going to the light, Mr. Heckles or whatever. And that's fine. It's annoying. Um, but it's very much like a Phoebe. Yeah, that is. Yeah. But then she's listing things that she doesn't believe in and she doesn't believe in evolution. Mm-hmm. And I think, I guess we'll get into more of it now 
Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, we don't need to necessarily go in order. We have to. Well, we're gonna have to go back. Yeah, we could jump around. Like, I understand in October of 1995, this probably played as more quirky, but like science denial mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. is like, especially in the midst of this pandemic, mm-hmm. like, is not. It's a very dangerous. Yeah, it's it's opinion. Like, yeah, it poses a threat to our societal well being. Absolutely, so. I, I think you know she was trying to be more of like the devil's advocate, you know, in like she was defending like flat earthers or just like unpopular opinions or like you know open your mind up to the possibility of other people's belief systems. You know, yeah, like which that's. Like, Given what she's saying, the 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 stones on her to say Ross needs to open his mind. Like, no, you're the one who has a narrow mind about yeah. this. Yeah, but I don't know if she actually like doesn't. I think she's just trying to like fuck with him a little bit. Which I understand because I normally don't like Ross, but I'm on his side in this episode. But you know what else bothered me about this plot was that no one else in the group was like, yeah, Phoebe's like, this is like. You can't argue with this. Like, this is the truth. This is science. Yeah, you know? Ross is the only one who's bothered by it. Yeah. So everyone else is just kind of, like, in the background, like, chuckling to themselves. But yeah. I, I think that they should have, like, said, like, Phoebe, no. Like, you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, we, we, we have to try and watch this with our 1995 goggles on. That It's, it's like it's hard to do, yeah. Yeah. But the, I think the thing that really got under my, my skin is when she says, like, can we just say that you believe in something and I don't, which I hate. This is what so many like science deniers do. Like, Hey, these are just two like equally important opinions opinions where it's like, no, this is backed by science. Yeah. And it's not just science. Like Ross uh, is, you know, you've hit a nerve with me. I'm defending Ross. Yeah. But Ross, like, went to school he's a building intelligence he has studied yes. like he has expertise yes his expertise yes. and your gut feeling right. are not on the same level right they are not equally fair and balanced uh, uh, opinions right. or points of view exactly and it's rude of her to just kind of like dismiss his entire career you know yeah. his uh, yeah. everything that he cares about you know and she's just kind of blase about it yeah yeah uh, and then we, I mean, we do end up, end up end up getting that I think an argument that she is just fucking with him yeah. <laughs> by, by the end. Yeah. Uh, but even then, I didn't really believe it that she gets him to admit that there's a chance that he may be wrong. But I think this is what people who don't respect science think about science. That mm-hmm. science, like science, is fact based on what we know so far. So mm-hmm. like a good scientist is always open to the possibility that more things will come to light. The, the, you know, this is, yeah, yeah, yes. this is, this is the best we know so far. Right. But that is not saying that's again, this is again, a stupid person's idea of arguing against science yes. is like, well, they don't know that for a hundred percent certainty. Well, yeah, that's the nature of, of science. That doesn't mean it's all quackery. Right. We can't know everything with right. certainty. Yeah. And we will continue to know more. Right. The, the reason science is such a great tool is because it allows room for we don't know that yet. Right. You know? Right. And 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 not knowing something yet doesn't mean that all of it is hogwash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I imagine, as I'm saying this, I'm imagining like our listenership, and I'm realizing we're probably just preaching to the choir here, but it really got under my skin yes. watching this episode. Yes. Me too. Okay. So let's go back. Heckles, Mike Haggerty shows back up. So I'm not sure. Maybe Mike Haggerty is not the. He's not the, He's the super. He's the like maintenance guy in the building. Okay, that's the superintendent, right? Yeah, yeah. superintendent maintenance. Okay. So that's who he is. So he shows back up with a lawyer. Turns out Mr. Heckles had a will, which is like he's got one up on us. <laughs> 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 we really need to have a will. And we we say that constantly. Yeah. One of us is going to drop dead any minute now. Yeah. Yeah, and then who's going to get? All of my... Uh, Comic books? Uh, my uh, ankle socks. Ankle knot socks? <laughs> my knot socks. <laughs> Who's going to get the knot socks? Yeah. Um, so he has a will, and in the will, he leaves all of his possessions to the noisy girls upstairs, Monica yeah. and Rachel. Yeah. Um, which is very funny, because they really are like, oh, he liked us after all, but they realized, like, oh, this was him trolling us this is in like his final like yeah. fuck you was now you have to clean up my apartment yeah i like um the lawyer for the purposes of the will you'll be no- noisy girl one you'll be <laughs> noisy girl two yeah 
Um, yeah. yeah. So his apartment just looks like a big like hoarder nightmare with, you know, stacks of newspapers and just like the wildest um, pieces of art. Yeah. Some tchotchkes, tchotchkes. including a lamp that. Rachel takes a liking to. Yeah. And a clock that she takes a liking yeah. to. Both of which I thought, well, the clock especially, I thought was like kitschy in like a fun way. It was yeah. like a, it was like, what would you call it? Like a sexy lady doll. Yeah. A holding, sexy lady doll, like a, a, like a showgirl almost like with tassels on yeah. her nipples. And then like, you're like, she, it's like an alarm clock and she yeah. does a little dance at yeah. certain times. <laughs> she lights up and does a little dance. Yeah. That was like cute. And then the, honestly, the, the lamp she wanted was hideous. It was a, like a seashell. It was like made of sand with like seashells like glued to the lampshade. Which looked almost like a tree trunk though because it was like a weird shape. Yeah. So it was like someone found some driftwood with seashells in it. And then... And then the lampshade was... The lampshade on its own wasn't that bad. It was tacky, but it was like a sort of skirt of, of large seashells yes. instead of a lampshade. Like, I think... There's a way to do that with a different base that is like fun tacky, whereas that base was so hideous and took up so much room. Yeah. But I mean, it was more about Rachel, like kind of asserting her. uh, She wants this. Yeah. Because Monica, like it was Monica's apartment first. She still is in control of the. Yeah, it occurred decor. it occurred to Rachel that Monica still regards the apartment as hers and Rachel's just renting a room in it. So Rachel right. like becomes offended and is like, "You know what? I'm going to take this lamp. This is my new lamp." Yeah. Um I uh not to call you out, but I I I I uh sympathize with Rachel because you lived here in this apartment for like 4 years before I moved in. Yeah. And so I did have some of that same feeling like, "Is this my apartment or am I just like staying over?" <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, but. And you still let me call most of the shots as far as like decor. Yeah. Yeah. Except when I want a bigger TV, (laughs) which ended up working out because we, it's very similar to what I'm saying about the, the, the stand for the lamp being the problem. Yeah. When I got a new TV, the problem was we didn't have a stand that was the right size for it. I cried every time I (laughs) walked into the living room. We were very emotional about it. It was very emotional. But now we have a terrific TV stand, which is also more storage than we had before. It all, everyone won. It worked out. The TV still kind of sucks, but the TV another problem. As far as like having a big TV that is UHD and HDR compatible, it works. But it is also a quote unquote smart TV that is not very smart. It's not smart. That that part of it, like I, I have considered like just coughing up another couple hundred bucks and buying an Apple TV, like or Roku UHD. You know, and just, it can just all ignoring the fact that we have a smart TV glitches. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's go back to the episode. Okay, well, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm detours to are allowed. Steer this, this ship. I, I like it. I like it. Um, Chandler's become Chandler becomes convinced that because uh, he's going through Heckles's Mr. Heckles's yearbook and sees that they have, they have a lot in common, and he like finds some like notes that Heckles kept on dates that he took and he also like rejected people. But he wrote it, on the photos like what was wrong with each yeah. woman which is gross and terrible. But also like a real like plot contrivance too. Yes, yes. Um, and Chandler starts to have this freak out like oh I'm going to become a lonely old hermit. Uh, I'm on the same our trains are on the same line with all the same stops. Aloneville, Hermit Junction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny. But yeah, um, he also goes through his um, like high school yearbook, and he was like class clown and was like pretty attractive when he was younger. And then he just, I guess, turned into such a curmudgeon. So yeah, yeah. Chandler's having this kind of like revelation about his life and how he's too superficial and dismissive when it comes to um, yeah. people he's dated. He doesn't want to end up alone. Yeah. But I also, uh, I sympathize with him at one point in the same way that I did with Rachel. He, he, when he's listing reasons that he broke up with someone, he says he like didn't go on a second date with someone because she used the word supposedly. And I was <laughs> like, ah, that, that might be a deal breaker for me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, like. It, one of our early dates, you corrected my grammar and I, I thought. Know. What an asshole I was. What an asshole. And I was I, making a joke. That's the I thing. know. And I, I, but I think, I think. In my head, I thought I was making a joke, like I was playing along with the joke by correcting you. But, but your it wasn't, delivery of it, it was, wasn't I didn't funny. know you well. I didn't know you well yeah, enough it was bad. to know. So, so lucky you kept going out I don't me. know why I did. It worked out for the best, though, I think. 
Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you and I are, I think, very compatible. I'm uh, marrying you was the greatest decision I ever made in Aww. my life. I'm uh, happy every day. Aww. But if you were like a super picky eater, there never would have been a se- second date. <laughs> you know, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, like I, some sometimes these hangups, uh, you can't get past them. There are there are deal breakers that maybe shouldn't be. But yeah, like I if, get the supposedly thing. And I also love that Joey thinks that supposedly is the right yeah. way to pronounce He's it. Like, That's did very they Joey. go to the zoo? Supposedly. supposedly. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so then uh, Chandler calls Janice. We get, do we meet? We, Janice is back. I wrote Janice. Um, I knew she was going to come back when they were all doing their um, impressions of her. I'm like, this seems, you know. And of course, Chandler is having this like crisis. Yeah. 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 Because I guess. Yeah, we're used to, like, shows being made with regular serial watchers in mind. But, like, this second season NBC sitcom show, probably, you're right, they wouldn't have invoked Janice without Janice being in the episode. Yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah. it turns out she's pregnant and married, and so Chandler's like, that was my last chance. Yeah. Uh, That's when he does all the train stations. Yeah. Monica accidentally breaks the lamp, but Rachel doesn't believe it's accidental. Did you get a little hint of like Christmas story? You've always hated that lamp, like with the leg lamp. I didn't, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. I should have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially with our apartment being so Christmassy right yeah. now. Um, Ross says, <laughs> or Ross, uh, Chandler says that his thing is going to be that he has snakes. If he's going to be an old like loner and hermit. And yeah. I was like, I want a snake. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you're not allowed to have one. I, would, well, I named like things that I wanted, like a pet snake, a pet tarantula, and pet rats. Mm-hmm. Like just to be, just to real, just to steer all the way into being that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I wouldn't want like a gecko, like a lizard. I, I like, like an a, iguana. I like a gecko. See, I like a lizard. I don't know. They're they don't do anything. I mean, neither do. Like snakes, snakes like slither. It's but you cool. have to feed them mice. Yeah, I could do that. No, no, we're not going to get a snake. I'm putting my foot down. All right. It is your apartment, after all. It is my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I mentioned the the girly clock. We talked about it a lot. Uh, I didn't like the the maudlin ending of like the apartment's all like closed oh, up yeah, and Chandler yeah, yeah. like picks up the broom that he was holding and sets yeah. it against the wall and he's like we'll keep it down we'll try to keep it down and I was like ugh yeah <laughs> it's corny it was corny uh, and then we end up with a tag of uh, Chandler agreeing to go on a date with someone he previously dismissed for having too big a head and then his his like in, inner monologue is just that he can't the, yeah. stop focusing on how yeah. big a head she is. and that was very Seinfeld like just shows like a portion of the thing that like bothers bothers also, Jerry I wanted to ask, you and I don't talk during, During, until, who was the voice of the woman? Because I don't know. It did sound familiar. And if if you go into the IMDb cast list, there's no voice. There's no one mentioned. Hmm. Of, as Allison, the big head. Yeah. So I wonder if it's like Maggie Wheeler, who plays Janice, like just not doing her Janice voice. Oh, maybe. I'm sure that we could look this up. I'm sure people have, there's, there's trivia about that. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other observations to make before we move on to our funniest moments? Um, no, I guess, uh, yeah, Phoebe being a creationist is upsetting. Yeah. Um. But she's, she's specifically, she's not a creationist because I don't think she believes in like the Christian God or whatever. Right. She just is, does not believe in evolution. Right. Um, no, that's about it. We can move on. Um. My funniest moment is a Mike Haggerty line. Okay, I know what it is, though. <laughs> when uh, uh, finally they, they said, like, we don't know what he was doing. He seems to have been sweeping when he died because he was holding a, a broom. And and uh, I can't remember who it is. Someone of them says sweeping. And Mike Haggerty says, I know. I was sweeping yesterday. Could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. Um, my funniest moment was um, during um, Chandler's kind of, like, breakdown about him, like, gonna die alone and um end up alone and then he's talking to joey and he says something like can you promise me that you'll invite me over for the holidays and joey joey instead of just saying like of course man like he says i don't know what we're gonna be doing you know like we might go to her parents house um 
And I thought that was funny. It's like the end of what had American summer, right? Or yeah. Like the making yeah. plans to get together in 10 years. Yeah. Um, all right. My runner up, uh, well first Janice gets reintroduced by saying her signature line. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then, Oh, we do have a different scene at the perk. Cause yeah, that's where she it's comes the in Janice pregnant. Scene, yes. So, when Janice shows up and she's pregnant, Chandler goes, Oh, oh my, my God. God. Yeah. <laughs> that was my second funniest. Did you have any other funniest moments? Uh, no. Uh, but I did want to give props to the props department. They had a beautiful breakfast spread at the apartment. It wasn't just bagels. It was like bagels and cream cheese, croissants, muffins. I didn't even notice. Yeah. I should have noticed. You should have noticed. But that's your job, the props to the props. And I noticed that, like, a lot of the, like, we've talked about it before, and, like, actors will not take a big bite of food because there's a bunch of takes, and they'll, you know, they'll feel sick at the end of it. Right. Um, So the friends, when eating a muffin, which they often do, they just, like, take a little like finger peck of it. Yeah. So they were all just like pecking at their muffins. Well, that's, that's closer to how you eat muffins than how I do. Hey, no, what I'm saying you tell me I eat muffins wrong because I eat it like, like you an smash apple. your face into it. Like I literally just like pick it up like an apple and just like take chunks, out, <laughs> bite chunks out of it. Yeah. I break it apart in, yeah. in the same way that I, I can't eat like a sandwich or a hamburger. Like most people do. No, I yeah, it's a, you deconstruct I your deconstruct sandwiches. It. Yeah. Um, my dad had an interesting muffin um, way of eating it. He would uh, like take off the uh, wrapper and flip it and start with the bottom and then save the, the top. Save the best for last. Yeah, yeah. top of the muffin. I like that. <laughs> top of the muffin to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, let's move on to friends, but let's make it fashion. Uh, I've got uh, an, a number, um, and that number is three. I've got three things. Um, <laughs> Chan, when Chandler's at his most depressed in, in Heckle's uh, apartment, he's wearing a very nice plaid bathrobe. Oh, I, okay. I didn't notice that. Well, see, I think I noticed it because, as you know, I need a new bathrobe. All right. You bought me we'll see. a beautiful Brooks Brothers bathrobe, but it was like 10 years, years ago, ago, and now it's got like deodorant like stains and it's stuff real it's, gross. it's getting good i still wash it but those stains are not coming out yeah. so i need a new bathrobe so i guess i'm like bathrobe alert and I, I thought his his plaid flannel bathrobe looked real comfy yeah uh make it fashion moments for you um in the we'll very first scene phoebe has like a like a sleeveless vest that's like news newsprint there's like comic yeah. strips and yeah. newsprint i liked it yeah i thought it was notable uh, yeah, actually, it stuck out to me. I'm surprised I didn't write it down because you still haven't seen Last Night in Soho, but mm-hmm. I saw it today. Just today, yeah. This afternoon. And uh, Thomas and Mackenzie's character is an aspiring fashion designer, and the movie opens with her in a dress that she has made out of newspapers. Oh. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, what a weird coincidence. Yeah. Uh, next up for me, the, like like we always say, these aren't necessarily always great things. They're, They're just, just notable. notable. Yeah. I did not get... Ross's like 1930s zoot gangster suit. Zoot suit. I wrote like, zoot suit. Yeah, it's a it's a cream yeah it's pinstripe a cream pinstripes. You're right, zoot suit because the cut in its 90s cut, so it's yes. big full and it had this weird like Art Deco tie. Yeah, really looked like he was like do like doing cosplay as yes. like a, 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 like someone yeah. from like Chinatown or Dick Tracy or something like that. Yeah, like th- a 30s gangster. Like was it like guys and doll? Like I yeah. don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Guys and Dolls era type thing, which I guess that's 50s, but still. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. Um, I have one more. Do you have any others? Nope. Okay, my last one is in the final scene where with, with the final argument with Phoebe and Ross when Ross is wearing the terrible gangster suit. Uh, Phoebe's got like a lilac polka dot dress. Oh, yes. With like a sheer, like, what do you call it? It's like a blouse, but it's... Cover up. It's not quite like a cardigan. It's like a sheer cardigan, but it also tied at the bottom, I guess. But anyway, a sheer cover up, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's very Cher Horowitz. uh, Yeah. And I thought it was uh, very cool. And then she ruined it when they were going out by putting on like a cultural appropriation jacket. Yes. (laughs) Like uh, uh, a Chinese like dragon type of like silk jacket. Like with sequins. Yeah. Yeah. Bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's move on then to running jokes and motifs. We mentioned the gay panic. There is also some fat shaming at the end yep. because the heckles has this like giant standing mag, like magnifying glass thing. And like yeah. Monica tries to have like a sincere moment standing in front of it. And everyone's all like, look at her hips. Cause they look all big. But yeah. And that was used 
like Joey made jokes about it, like magnifying his genitals. Yeah. 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 But when it's, so for him, it's like funny, but like for Monica, it's like, (laughs) she's fat or she used to be fat. Yeah. Which like, Hey, don't fat shame. But also if you know, your friend is sensitive about like her weight when she was younger. Like, why would you laugh about it? Yeah. No, sometimes they're not good friends. They're awful sometimes. Like, uh, when Chandler told Joey to try out the stage name, Joseph Stalin. Yeah. (laughs) That's just mean. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Do you have any others? Uh, nope. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, then let's move on to How I Met Your Mother, Season 2, Episode 3, Brunch. What happened? Yes. So in this episode, uh, Ted's parents visit from out of town for their 30th wedding anniversary. So he's hosting them. And we open at a, we open at like the brunch and then we flash back to like what's actually going on. Cause it's, it's chaos and we're all very confused with how we all got here. So it's kind of like, it's all very flashback, but it's Ted tells a story in three parts. So I will do the same thing. So yeah. the first part is uh, Marshall and Lily's part and they are in kind of like a resentment uh, stage of their they're trying to c- coexist um, in this weird relationship um, I don't know um, I don't know what would you call it like they're in kind of like a well I can tell you what Marshall calls it <laughs> what is Marshall <laughs> like brother and sister <laughs> yeah which is gross yeah yeah they're they're trying to still be friends they're trying to yeah so they're in a limbo they're in kind yeah. of like a weird limbo of like yeah. trying to be friends but they have some resentment they're um like separating their belongings yeah um yeah, marshall cds yeah their cds there was like a joke about um dave matthews well i guess yeah like Lily wanted the U2 box set, yeah. but Marshall took out all the U2 CDs and replaced them with Dave Matthews yeah, CDs. Yeah, which they all suck. Who cares? Um, I like U2. Yeah. Um, so yeah, their resentment is setting in. And um, I think when um, when Lily is talking about like being brothers and sisters, it like it pisses her. They're both pissed off about oh, the yeah. whole thing, grossed yeah. out by it. So she resolves to like wear a like tight, fitting like boobalicious dress <laughs> to dinner that yeah. to dinner and like sits next to Marshall and is like heaving her bosom like next yeah. to him like trying to Dropping ice cubes down her cleavage yeah <laughs> and then everyone else is just like this is weird like someone's like oh uh Ted's mom is like that dress is just adorable on you you look beautiful and that the dress is hideous we're not in the fashion <laughs> portion the dress is hideous I knew you would hate it um but yeah, that makes Marshall mad. Um, so then Marshall decides to get back at her by um, showing off like his sexiest body part, which is his calves. <laughs> <laughs> as, um, a, as a Marshall crusher, do you agree? Does he have good calves? I mean, when he's like, you get a close up, he's like massaging them. They're yeah. like white and hairy. Like, no, I don't think so. But they're, this might be too, too much information for the listeners. They're not as hairy as my calves. No. What do you think of my calves? You just rude other than I think about them? I, I think they're fine. I, I don't like think fine it... fine or just... They're fine. No, and Barney <laughs> says, like, they're, like... What, did, what does he say about them? Like, the least sexual or the most... Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he says, but then, like, Marshall's, Sexually like, ambiguous Yeah, yeah, part sexually of the body. irrelevant, something like that. And Marshall says something about like, I'm sure yeah, I understand you feel that way with you your little, little chicken, chicken legs. legs. Yeah. <laughs> and then Barney just says, I'll be waiting by the phone for your apology. Yeah. And storms out of the apartment, yeah. which is funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, 
Marshall decides to show up at brunch with um, those pants that zip, like, I don't know what they're called, but they, yeah, no, like, I... zipper halfway at the knee. Yeah. So, like, Marshall, like, hoists his leg up and then unzips, and Lily, like, can't control herself um, so much that they go in the bathroom and have sex. Yeah. At the restaurant. Yeah. Um, in the women's room, which is where you do that, right? Uh, if you were going to do, if you were going to have sex in a restaurant or in a restaurant bathroom, you'd choose the women's room, right? Right. Cause it's probably well, cleaner. I feel like, well here in Los Angeles, I feel like most of the bathrooms now are gender neutral. So I would just go to, right. I feel like more and more, if you're going to a restaurant, there's just yeah one bathroom. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So if I had to choose, one. I don't know. They're both disgusting. Okay. I guess I want to like, look at them both before committing to one. Yeah. Which is like at odds with the spontaneity of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that portion. Um, I guess part the Barney part, um, Barney is upset at Ted because he doesn't, his parents have never heard about him, even though he considers him best friend, you know, his best friend, the most important person in your life. No, that's Robin. (laughs) Yeah. Marshall's his best friend and Robin's the most important person in his life. So Barney, um, needs to, um, impress the parents and he does a really good job at it. So he's clearly done his research. He's done his research. So Virginia is the mom and I don't remember the dad's name. Michael gross. Plays. Michael gross is the actor. I don't remember his name either, but um, yeah, I wrote down Michael gross. I've always loved Michael gross. He's yeah. the dad from family ties. He's yep. also on ER. He was Noah Wiley's dad. Yeah. He's also like pretty attractive as far as like older men go. He's a handsome guy. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously 15 years ago. I don't know. I'm sure he's still hunky. He's very tall. Turns out I like tall men on this show. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, of course, we're leaving out my favorite Michael Gross role, Tremors, where oh, he and Reba McIntyre so are long. like the gun nut survivalist couple. Right. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, he's 74 now. This is a picture of him in 2015. He's got, I don't know if you care about that, care for that mustache or not. Is that mm. an ill-advised mustache? He looks like Coach. Doesn't he look like the Craig guy? T. Nelson? Yeah. Does I it? don't know. Craig T. Nelson's more burly. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Michael Gross, like, maybe I, I'll, I think this. He's too bald and too mustachioed in this. In that picture yeah. that's on Wikipedia? Yeah. Um, maybe I think this because the whole thing on family ties was that the, the, like the parents were ex hippies, but I think of Michael gross as being like NPR dad or NPR grandpa. Totally. You know? yes. Whereas Craig T Nelson is much more like, uh, you know, every man, yeah. you know, sports dad. And I feel like that's like, he was coached. That's I'm, like obviously part of the appeal. I think <laughs> yeah. we, I know we've had this conversation and this is like, I don't know, this is going to sideline us, but we've talked about like who the oldest, most attractive person that we're attracted to. Yeah. And mine was Sam Elliott. Yeah. Julie Andrews. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're both on the same page. Yeah. So listeners, let us know yeah. the oldest, most attractive person. Well, you know, my favorite question to ask, I can't remember if we've talked on the podcast before, who was the first adult celebrity you had a crush on when you were still a kid? Hmm. Because my go-to answer is Valeria Golina right. from Hot Shots Part Two and Big Top Pee Wee and Rain Man, but I didn't see Rain Man. I'm talking about the kids' movie she was in. Uh, yeah. Valeria Golina was. Does my Johnny Depp count? Movie. Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. so that was Johnny Depp. But yeah, yeah. Um, Sam Elliott is 77. So beat that. Yeah, with Michael listeners. Gross is 74. Oh, well, you were saying. I guarantee Julie Andrews is older than. 70. Oh yeah, no, I think she's in her 80s. But yeah, she still looks amazing. Yeah. 86. Okay. Wow. Okay. You win. Yeah. <laughs> um, see if you uh, can top it. Okay. Yeah. Where were we? So part we're of Barney. that, oh, so yeah. part of that is, um, Robin wants to make a good impression, right? As Ted's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But, um, Barney's definitely like winning this by, um, you know, taking his mom to church and going out to bars with the dad. Yeah. So we learned that. He also picks a restaurant that has great salmon risotto. Cause Ted's mom loves salmon risotto and he plays her favorite sonata on the piano at the restaurant. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Barney's great with parents. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so he goes to, yeah, the, uh, Michael Gross says he could, uh, what does he say? Like, I could knock back a few cervezas. Yeah. Yeah. So Barney takes, um, Ted's dad to McLaren's and Ted's dad is like the perfect wingman. Um, but then we find out that, um, Ted's dad it like made out with the girl with the bartender w- waitress, waitress Wendy yeah. Wendy the waitress yeah. um and i don't did they so they used rack jack instead of cock block <laughs> yeah was that like can they not say you can't say cock block on probably tv probably couldn't yeah so rack jack was so he was a rack jack to barney yeah um barney took pictures of it and then shows ted yeah um, oh no, shows Robin, right? And then Robin is like, wait, he shows, does he show Ted first? Uh, yeah, he shows, he shows Ted first. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then let's see. So we're all, we're learning about something strange with Ted's parents, but then we get the uh, third part, which is the me and Robin part. So the Ted and Robin part and, uh, Ted tells Robin, like, don't, don't worry about my mom. She's always like stressing out my dates by like asking about when you're having kids and like putting a lot of pressure in it and comparing everyone to, um, cousin Claire, who's had six kids in five years. Yeah. She's basically a water park ride. <laughs> yeah. Is the line. Yeah. Um, I really, I don't know if you had this and I'm stealing your thunder here. I really, I know Ted's like a douche. Sometimes I very much appreciated that he didn't say, lie to my mom and say you want kids he told robin like yeah be, just, spe- speak just your truth yeah. yeah and she just decided like that she was gonna lie to make things easier but right. i thought that was like very cool of ted to be like um to to not be like can you tell a lie to my mom to make and also to program? like warn her like just so you know yeah. like this is gonna happen i don't want you to get you know upset by this so he gave her warning and said that you know say whatever you want it's it's okay you're your own person um <clears throat> so Robin gets offended because Ted's mom, you know, tells her that she should like f- focus on her career and, you know, like there's always, there's always room to grow. And, um, yeah, she says your career clock is ticking. And then Robin's like offended. Like, why don't you want me to have right. Ted's children? Um, so yeah. And then we learn that Robin knows that, Ted's parents have been divorced for nine months and separated yeah. for a few years. Cause apparently she, <laughs> they talked about it. They're waiting for Marshall and Lily to finish up having sex in the bathroom. Yeah. They're outside <laughs> of the bathroom. Like, <laughs> and then yeah, Lily says, give us a minute. And Marshall says maybe less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they come out and, um, Lily's like, Oh, your zipper, like fix your zipper. And it's like the zipper of the pants. Yeah. That was one of my funniest moments. Um, luckily Oh, that was, oh, luckily there's sorry. plenty. That's okay. That's why I do. That's why we do multiples. Okay. Um, so yeah, those are the three parts, um, during that, um, fateful brunch that all this is happening. Ted learns that, yeah, they've been separated and, uh, um, are now in fact divorced are now in fact divorced. Yeah. And his mom is even like seeing someone else and they have a super healthy relationship, you know, like supportive of one another. Very much what Marshall and Lily would like to pretend they have. Right. Right. But they're not there. But they're not there. And then there's the scene out front of the, the brunch restaurant where, um, Ted and his mom and Robin are having this conversation about, you know, having different paths in life. And it's like a real, just like frank conversation about relationships and how you can grow apart and have very different, you know, maybe we're not meant to be together, but we still respect one another. And Ted's definitely seeing parallels in his own relationship with, you know, he and Robin being on very different trajectories as far as what they want out of life and the relationship. Um, but yeah, and then we, oh, there's also kind of that little part about, um, like Ted brings up grandma and the parents like look at each other like, oh, about that. Like, yeah, clearly because they, the thing is that the family doesn't, they don't communicate. Other, yeah. Which so, I, I marked down because, uh, we, I can't remember if we already knew that Ted's family was Catholic or not, but like it's very much hammered home. They're Catholic. Yeah, they she go to mass, mass and everything. Yeah. Um, but that 
stereotype of the family who doesn't talk about their emotions is much more about like wasps, not Catholics. But then there are people in my family. I'm, I'm also Catholic and there are certain parts of my family that do have that, that, that reserved, like we don't talk about things, uh, thing. So yeah, the stereotype is waspiness, but there's, uh, there are still Midwestern Catholics who act like wasps, I guess, and don't talk about their feelings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so that's, yeah, uh, I wrote that down. Definitely. So yeah. Um, the joke is that like Ted's grandma died like a long time ago and no yeah. one told him cause they don't know how to talk. And I think also like, because Ted is just such a handful, it's probably easier to not tell him things cause he just, yeah. he's too much. But they really hadn't told his sister, Ted yeah. his sister. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, they're like, don't tell your sister. Uh, oh yeah. Of course that has a sister. She's the one who's having all the kids, right? No, that's a cousin. It's a cousin. Yeah. Sorry. Cousin Claire. Cousin Claire. Um, uh, there's something else I was going to say about that. No, I forgot. Oh yeah. I liked the joke of, um, when they were saying how long they were separated and then they've been divorced and Ted's like, um, why didn't you tell us when we were all home last Christmas? And Michael Gross is like, it didn't seem very Christmassy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Oh, um, uh, I have a lot of funny. funny well, I, a couple other, uh, things I wanted to point out. I didn't like, uh, I know it's supposed to be funny, but I didn't like, Ted calling the waitress a clumsy floozy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause he was like, could, he thought that like his dad was hitting on the waitress yeah. and he's like, calls her a clumsy floozy and then apologizes and then says, but stay away from my dad. Yeah. I guess I did like it, but in the moment I didn't, I was I like, think That's mean as far like, I don't like people like being called names, but I think floozy is a funny name as far as, but it was just, it was literally insult to injury because, yeah. Um, Ted's mom had just knocked the waitress over, over yeah. and then, and Ted then called called her, her clumsy floozy. Yeah. Um, and then I liked the bit of sort of like self commentary when we hear, we get the story quote unquote, the story of how Ted's parents met at a bar. I think it was an Irish bar. Yeah. And Ted says like, when I tell my kids the story of how I yes. met their mother, yes, I'm going to yes, tell yes. them every everything. Detail. Yeah. And yeah. so it's kind of like a nod to the whole show. Like, yeah. yes, that's yeah. what this is all about. All right, well, um, let's move on to funniest moments. Okay, so I have a few. Um, we'll go back and forth. At the, when they have the the dinner, oh, when Lily's like showing off her, her boobs in the dress, uh-huh. uh, Marshall's like kind of like freaking out, and they're like, oh, what's wrong? What, what's wrong, Marshall? And he's like, oh, this, this roll is spicy. Yeah. And it's just like a regular French roll. It's funny, because mine also was from that when he like, <laughs> decides to storm off, tries to stand up and then realizes he has his, he has an erection and sits back down. Yeah. That's one of my funniest moments. Um, I liked his, um, his calves being referred to as a punter's legs. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the legs of a punter. Um, I'm not doing these. I, I wasn't doing these in order best to worst. So I'll stick with, uh, dirty adjacent jokes. Um, when Barney says he's able to get them at a restaurant because he knows the head waitress, mm. like funny, funny enough. enough. And, yeah. and Ted's like, no, don't. Yeah. There were a lot of, uh, like, so Robin was trying to impress Ted's parents and she kept trying to make jokes that just didn't land. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Barney was killing it. And yeah, yeah Barney, yeah, what a looker. I didn't even look in the mirror. Yeah. That's and funny. everyone's just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Hmm. <laughs> um, but I like Barney schmoozing up to, um, Ted's mom, um, and he, he goes, there's a story behind that brooch and I'm going to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, I, I have a couple more. Um, I liked when, when Ted says he couldn't confront his dad. He's like, I guess I inherited the don't talk about your feelings gene. And Barney's like, well, you didn't inherit the close the deal gene. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked when Lily said to Marshall, you sat down next to me and took most of your pants off. <laughs> uh, uh, my, la- my last one is also a Lily one when after Marshall says they're like brother and sister and she angrily says, sure, I'll come to dinner. See you at the restaurant, bro. Yeah. That's my last one. Okay. That's yeah. I don't have any more. All right. Do you have any make it fashion? Um, I liked Lily's green dress in one of the, in one of the early scenes. I still am not on board with the, um, with the flat iron hair. I okay. don't like it. 
What about Lily's black dress with the lace ruffle? Like, yeah, that was cute. Collar? I liked that. That, that she wears to that's to brunch because that's the one she has sex in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did you like the green? Like, it's kind of like a peasant. There's so much style. peasant stuff because yeah. Robin is also they, in like multiple yeah. peasant blouses. They all wear like peasant blouses. Yeah. But this was like a peasant dress, but it was green. This is like at the beginning. And I think with the CDs, redheads look CDs? good with green. Yeah, that all, makes sense. always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the pleasant, uh, peasant. I'll, I'll point out something that I thought was awful. Okay. Hated it so much. Okay. Because uh, we already talked about Robin's peasant thing. But you talked about the, the scene when they go outside the restaurant and we get the full body shot. And Robin is wearing flats, mm-hmm. but her jeans are way too long. And mm-hmm. all I'm thinking is like, you're going to tear up those jeans. How do you walk down the sidewalk? Yeah. Like, they're all, like if you're going to wear jeans... If you want to wear flats, wear jeans that don't touch the ground. Or if you're going to wear jeans that long, wear something with some height. Well, that was like the it's middle a school. Look. Yes. So like in middle school, when you'd wear like boot cut jeans and you'd wear like flats, like the, the back of them would get all like gross and frayed because you'd be like stomping yeah. through like mud and, you know, getting yeah. it caught on things. It was disgusting. Yeah. And that's what you're wearing to brunch with your yeah. boyfriend's parents. Yeah. I hated it. Why are we so mean to Robin's fashion? Because it's bad. Yeah. She needs... Also, like the the flat iron, I just don't like it. Yeah, we're Rob into. Uh, any more fashion moments? Um, nope. Well, uh, I'll, I'll talk about some themes or just running thing like uh, motifs. This is definitely falls under motifs. Mm-hmm. Um, a fractured timeline. That's a that's yes. That's peak how I met your mother. That yes. we start in media res. We start in the middle of the story at the brunch. Yes, and then break it into three different stories that lead mm-hmm. up to that. And then yeah. once they join, then the episode goes on as yeah. a whole that, uh, that kind of like playing around with time. Yeah. Like, I'm a broken record on this, but that's, that's, uh, uh, it's peak. I met your mother. And when it works well, like it does in this episode, I think, yeah, uh, I'm a sucker for it. it. Yeah. It worked very well for me too, because in that opening, I was like, I need to know how we got there. Like yeah. that's just what it's supposed to do. I guess I'll say there are ways, there are times they could have done it, better i think and i think the show will do it better because yeah we get the little like hints at the beginning of like ted being like i'm gonna kill him and barney's like i don't blame you or whatever like i think the next step of like clever writing would have been like while we're watching you know say uh marshall lily story at the beginning Mm -hmm. getting little hints of what's going on mm-hmm. in the other stories that will be explained later. I don't think this episode did that, well, it that did, well. Like with the bathroom door when like Robin and you know, like just like the, well, yeah. Yeah. But that, that was the opposite. We already knew. We already knew that, that they, they were to the, if okay. they'd have, that's a good point. If it had yeah. happened the other way around, we have been like, why, well, are why they in the bathroom? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. The, right. uh, and I think the show has it done that and we'll do that better. Yeah. Uh, similarities and differences. Um, well, I think, you know, in both of these episodes, there, there was a, like, um, like a revelate, like a big revelation, like Chandler having a revelation about his, you know, superficiality, superficiality when it comes to dating women, Ted comes to the realization that, you know, his family is like, has bad communication and thereby impacting his relationships and, um, but yeah, I guess that's just kind of like a broad. But I guess in a way, even more broad, the thing the two episodes had in common was characters kind of like pondering their futures. Yes. That Chandler is like, yes. am I going to end up alone? Planning for Whereas the future, yeah. Ted and Robin are like, are we going to work yeah. when we're like one of us very much wants a family and one of us yeah. doesn't? And I felt... It's kind of not to tip my hat at which episode I liked better, but I guess I will hear. Um, one of them felt way more material yeah. and tangible than the other. Where Chandler's, yeah. it feels like I mentioned with the Heckle's little notes about his dates, everything yeah. felt so contrived. Yes. Like I don't buy that a character yeah. is actually going to have this freak out. But the question of is a relationship going to work no matter how happy you are in the moment, if you want different things in the future, that's very, very relatable. Uh, to a lot of people. Yes. Um, yeah. It just now occurred to me that usually when there are parallels between Ted 
and a character on Friends, it's normally Ross. So this is the first time that the parallel has been Chandler. Yeah. Because normally Ted and Ross are like the commonality. The similar, yeah. yeah. But in this, yeah, it was Chandler and Ted, but also Chandler and Robin, because they're both thinking about the next, yeah. What their future is going to look yeah. like. Yeah. You know, are they, are the things that they believe they're, are their ways now going to work out for the best for them or, or sabotage them? Right. Um, another similarity is, um, the breakfast spreads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was uh, definitely a lot of, um, the brunch. It was like a buffet, like a brunch buffet. Um, is that mine? No, that was mine. Okay. That was my phone. It was um, a brunch buffet. So there was like an omelet station and I guess they kept getting up and, well, yeah, like, I, yeah, like after the, after the big reveal, everyone finds out that they're divorced, you know, and yeah. it's like everyone's shocked and Barney's like, Ooh, no line at the omelet bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's move on to playing favorites. I mean, we know where I'm going, but let's move on to playing yeah. favorites. Okay. Three, two, one. How, How I, I Met, met your, your Mother. Mother. Yeah. There was, that was a winner. The Friends episode, like not much happened and I didn't care about what was happening. Well, the Phoebe thing got on my nerves too much. The Phoebe thing got on my nerves also. I didn't like the maudlin, we'll try to keep it down ending. That didn't I mean, seem I know earned. like it's, I'm glad that we're seeing a different side of Chandler. I'm yeah, glad like true. we're getting more yeah. layers to his personality and I think that that's, like we we want that we need that I just it didn't really work out for me. Well, let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce. Mm-hmm. What's that? It's called "How Were We Doing." <laughs> this is where we look at what was happening in the world in the days that these episodes aired. So, Friends season two, episode three, the one where Heckles dies, aired on October fifth, Thursday, October fifth, nineteen ninety five. Um, not a lot in the news. Tansu Siller of something forms a new government of Turkey. Okay. But that's, she was already prime minister. So I don't really know how like forming a new government works. That's like a, not a, not a thing that we have in our governmental system that the prime minister or whatever can just call a new president, new, new government or whatever. But, uh, that's like the main thing in the, in the news, apparently on October 5th, the top five songs, no, no new additions. Mariah Carey's Fantasy, Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone. <laughs> I always have to sing at least one. Yeah. Uh, Seal's Kiss from a Rose a video. Um, did that video have? Because I'm trying to remember the Batman or the the Smashing Pumpkins. The end is the beginning. Is the end video had like clips from I think Batman and Robin. Too. Did the Kiss from a Rose video also had clips? I think from, so. Because I didn't have, as you know, I didn't have MTV growing up. Right. I know the Smashing Pumpkins video because I was a big, huge Smashing Pumpkins head. Right. But uh, I don't know if I I've ever seen the I don't remember the video for that. Videos. I want to say it's like black and white. But yeah, I think there were maybe Just clips. Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, and then finally, at number five, Janet Jackson's Runaway. So season two, episode three of How I Met Your Mother, Brunch, aired on... That can't be right. I'm sorry. Hold on. That's okay. I could vamp. Uh, yeah, you might have to vamp. Uh, can- I either did something wrong or something. Candy cane chocolate covered almonds. <laughs> Candy cane JoJo's ice cream. Uh, the one, the only, panettone. Olive and herb mixed nuts. Okay. Truffle hot sauce. Monday, October 2nd, 2006. I usually try to look at these beforehand um, because I accidentally looked up the wrong one. <laughs> Uh, this will all be new to me. Let's okay. see. World Farm Animal Day. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? What happened in the news that is not depressing? Mm. Most of this is depressing or, uh, oh, well, we had a, yeah, that's at a near school shooting. A near school shooting? Uh, that uh, a student brought an AK-47 to a oh. school in Las Vegas Valley, Nevada. Uh, speaking of Vegas-related stuff, casino company Harrow's Entertainment received an $81 per share cash offer from, offer from private equity firms Apollo Management and Texas Pacific Group. Oh, thank God we knew about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Fire and Craig Mello win the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for the work in controlling the activity of genes. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Is a... Tropical storm warning, warning, tropical storm warning for the Avalon Peninsula in southeastern Newfoundland. 
Um, oh God, I shouldn't have mentioned school shootings because there actually was a school shooting in an Amish school. Oh my gosh. Seven dead. In an Amish school? An Amish school in Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania. What a nightmare. Wow. There's a sports bar in Los Angeles called the Nickel Mine. Yeah. We've been there. Um, that's not what I should have taken from that. No. <laughs> nope. Uh, let's see. Do you know who Tamara Dobson is? Tamara Dobson. No. She is an actress. Or she was an actress. She died on this day. Let's see. She, um, oh, she played Cleopatra Jones. So she was like a 70s exploitation okay. actress. She Got died on, uh, on, on on this day. And then finally, we'll, we'll get to the top five songs, the only part we actually like doing about this. No, I like all of it, but yeah. the favorite part is top five songs. Okay. Um, there's only one new one. I have no idea what it is. I've never heard of this song. Uh, so Justin Timberlake's Sexy Back, mm-hmm. Ludacris's Moneymaker, and mm-hmm. number three, How to Save a Life by The Fray. To save a life. That's how it goes. Is that real? I thought you were just like. No, I'm not joking. Okay. I don't know any of. It's just like easy listening, Drek. Yeah. Drek. I like that. How to save a life. Um, London Bridge by Fergie and Lips of an Angel by Hinder. We okay. we looked up Hinder last week. We did. It oh my gosh. Like yes. They were invented by a. Uh, 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 a record label's yeah. like PR yeah. arm. Um, and then our final segment is called Challenge Accepted. And this is when we make predictions on what's going to happen next on the episode based only on the title, uh, of, the episode. title of the episode. But first we have to look at how we did um, in, the, uh, in the rankings last week. I said... That heckles would be a pet of Phoebe's. I said, Phoebe's right. pet goes off to the coffee, coffee shop in the sky. Right. It's not what happened. No. You said that Marshmallow and Lilypad would attempt to bury the hatch over a plate of hash. I think I you mean, might get a point for I that. I think, yeah. I think you get a point, which yeah. brings us to tie it to a piece this time. Now, this is the part where you're actually supposed to vamp. Okay. Is, is there any fearless flyer left? Yes. Green <laughs> goddess dip. Crispy vegetable pouches. <laughs> Those, they're called crispy vegetable pouches. Um, Is that what you said? Yeah. There's a weird like pause between vegetable, vegetable, and pouches. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you laugh. <laughs> crispy vegetable pouches. But you said crispy vegetable pouches. pouches. White truffle popcorn. Does that sound good to you? Yes. What? Okay. Yes. Any popcorn sounds good to me. All right. Friends season one, episode four is called the one with Phoebe's husband. I feel like this is kind of a layup for me. Okay. So should I try and we find out that Phoebe. Okay. Here's what I'll make it difficult. Okay. Do we find out that Phoebe used to be married or do we find out that Phoebe is married? I'm going to go with the latter. I think that's a better storyline and more Phoebe to like turn, like turn out like, Oh yeah, I have, I'm technically married to this guy. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say we find, hold on, hold on. We hold on. We find out Phoebe's got hitched, got hitched cookie mug hangers. Okay. Keep going. Maple streusel bread. Truffle picante pasta sauce. Ooh. That sounds pretty good. Truffle cream filled But isn't gnocchi. truffle like, like, out of date? Like, I mean, I, like, isn't mm-hmm. the truffle fad over? It's very like, yeah, like 10 years ago, I think. Yeah, because I feel like on Chopped, they're always like, oh, he's going truffle. for the truffle oil. Yeah. Well, maybe it's back. Maybe it's resurging. Resurfacing? Resurging. Having a re- I think both work. Yeah. Uh, all right. Season one, season two, episode four of How I Met Your Mother is called Ted Mosby Architect. Ted Mosby Architect. Um, okay. So Ted and okay, this is going to be like a Ted and Robin episode. Okay. Um. I think Ted is going to try to make Robin jealous and 
when he's like meeting women, that's how he introduces himself. Okay. Okay. Ted Mosby, architect. Something along those lines. Okay, so Ted. So it's a Ted and Rob. I'm going to say <laughs> Ted attempts. Oh, I can't type today. Ted attempts to arouse the green monster in Robin mm-hmm. by throwing around his um, flashy title profession profession. Okay. Well, we did it. We did we it. We talked about season two, episode three of both friends and how I met your mother. It was uh, great fun. We had a great time doing it. You can find, um, if you want to comment on this podcast, you can leave a comment at battleshipretention.com. That's also where you find my other podcast, my, my, my writing. Um, you can email us. We'd love that at the one where I met your mother, gmail.com. You can, you can um, follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Um, Natalie, uh, remind the listeners where they can find you um, on the internet. Well, don't find me. However, you should rate and review this podcast, share with your friends and your mothers. And, you know, if you enjoy it, maybe some other people might enjoy it as well. Stands to reason. Yeah. Let us know um, the hunkiest elder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hunkiest elder and also first adult you had a crush on when you were still a child. Yes. Um, All right. Well. Until next time. See you at the omelet bar. (laughs) 